Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, the Utah Jazz are back at it today against a team they ought to be able to beat, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, The Grizzlies are in trouble. They were the eighth seed in the West. There was a playoff thing built, a playoff, you know, two-game kind of challenge, miniseries type thing. Uh, But they were given the advantage in it. I'm not completely sure they're going to have that advantage. The Blazers and the Spurs are closing ground. The Grizzlies haven't won yet in the bubble. Uh, They're only a game and a half in front of the Blazers and two up on the Spurs. It's going to be a desperate Grizzly team facing the Jazz today. The Jazz, of course, have their own issues after beating New Orleans in the first game. They have lost two in a row, looked much better against the Lakers than they did against the Thunder. Um... You know, if they play the way they did against the Lakers, they had to they had to beat Memphis. If they play the way they did against the Thunder, they could easily lose to Memphis. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, we we think we know what's going to happen, and then the games happen, and we have no idea. <laughs> we just have no idea. I mean, how did how did the Brooklyn Nets? And, and let's be honest, nobody knows who the Nets are. All the Nets that we know aren't playing. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn, uh, their interim coach, former Jazz guy, former backup point guard to John Stockton 20 years ago, he uh, <laughs> he's trying to hold on to that job, and I don't think they want him because I think they want a glamour coach to go with the glamour players to make a big splash in New York, right? They're going to have Kevin Durant next year. He sat out all of this year. They have Kyrie Irving make a big splash. I don't think they're looking for a Jacques Vaughn type guy. You know, now Jacques. You know, play for the Jazz and the Spurs, two really steady organizations and two really steady eras, and the Brooklyn Nets have been anything except steady. So you'd think that's something they'd want, but maybe he'll get it. But somehow they did it. The Nets beat the Bucks 119-116. Didn't see that coming. Somehow the Blazers beat the Rockets 110-102. Didn't see that coming. And somehow the Suns stunned the Clippers 117-115. Didn't see that coming. So just when you think you know what's going to happen, you get three games which, you know, maybe maybe you picked one of them. You didn't pick two of them. Don't tell me you picked two of those three. Maybe you thought the Blazers could take down the Rockets. Uh, the Bucks over the Nets and the, the Suns stunning the Clippers. Those are unbelievable. Nearly had a fourth one. Uh, the Mavericks needed overtime and a massive game from Luka Doncic to beat the Kings, which is just torture for people in Sacramento, where I worked briefly before I came to Utah, um, because the Kings made the wrong decision, comma, again, should have drafted Luka Doncic, but they didn't. For that matter, Phoenix should have drafted him too, but they didn't. So Dallas gets the win, and Dallas, uh, you know, you look at the standings and try to figure out, and I was listening to the big show yesterday, and they were trying to figure out who the Jazz are going to play and who is best for the Jazz to play, and I'm just not convinced there is a best. You're going to get somebody. I, I thought all along it was probably going to be the Rockets or Thunder. There is a chance it could be the Nuggets or Mavericks, but I, I think the chance that it's going to be the Mavericks, the way these first few games have gone, I think that's gone away. I think it's it's the Rockets, Thunder, or Nuggets. Now, I don't think the Jazz, I guess they could get the Clippers if the Jazz drop to six and if the Nuggets catch the Clippers. The Nuggets are a game behind the Clippers. I don't think the Nuggets are going to catch the Clippers, but you know you're talking to a guy who didn't think the Clippers were going to lose to the Suns. So, you know, uh, right now, though, the Jazz are tied with Houston for fourth. They're both 42 and 25, so they would open up against each other in the 4-5 series. And Denver is two games in front of the Rockets and Jazz now, sitting in third place. And the Thunder 
are a half game behind the Jazz and Rockets, sitting in sixth place. But for the Jazz, an incredibly winnable game. Uh, they, they got the Memphis Grizzlies, and you know nobody's got the length, the size, and the athleticism of the Lakers. You know, part of the turnover problem the Jazz had, that was the Jazz. But let's give some credit to the Lakers. That is enormous size and length, right? Kuzma and LeBron um, are not small guys, and there are often two guys on the court bigger than those guys. I mean, JaVale McGee is a tall, long human being, and so is Anthony Davis. So the Lakers can close down passing lanes really quickly. Most teams don't have that level of size and athleticism. So it ought to be a little easier, right? You're not playing a 51-win Laker team. You're playing a 32-win Grizzly team. And the Jazz played pretty good for long stretches of that Laker game. Obviously, you know, the, the second unit there, they had you know, a mix of the second unit and some starters, um, but a lot of second unit guys, you know, had issues there late in the third quarter, and they gave up a big run and lost the game. But th- this is a winnable game. However, as we've seen in the bubble, as we saw yesterday, anything can happen because we had three shockers and we almost had a fourth. So, all right, DJ and PK, there's a little basketball, but we're going to talk some football this morning. BYU had, uh, you know, they didn't have a media day, but they had the first media availability. Kalani Sataki talked with the media for a long time. We're going to play it for you. He talked for almost half an hour for a Zoom press conference. That's pretty much as long as it gets right there. Uh, I haven't seen anything longer than that. Uh, we're also going to hear um, from Isaiah Kafusi coming up next. So stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. BYU held their first meet availability. They're getting practice going. Uh, we'll get the player and the coach perspective on you know the scheduling stuff and having to mask up and uh, trying to make sure you don't have positive tests. The way Rutgers just got hit. Um, you know, early on, I kind of get it. Uh, but now we've had enough teams hit that you would think teams would be more aware. But... Who knows what triggers it and who knows what runs through the mind of, uh, you know, 18 to 22-year-old college football players. I know it's BYU, so 18 to 24-year-old college football players. Uh, Isaiah Kafusi, Matt Bushman talked with the media yesterday. We're going to play Isaiah right now. Matt's available online at 1280thezone.com. Here's Isaiah Kafusi with the media. Uh, so Isaiah, will start, start things off here. Uh, you know, last year, being bold was kind of a theme for you guys as far as going into camp in the offseason. What's been the theme or mantra you guys have adopted this year in 2020? Oh, man. Uh, there's, there's a few, I think. Um, the saying on the back of our workout uniforms right now, it just uh, it says, be the change. Um, that maybe, you know, could be one. And then, you know, I think Coach Hadley and Coach Guilford alluded to it today on their bike ride, you know, be, about being perfect. Um, it, that's just another, I think, mantra or saying. And, and each coach, you know, has different mantras and sayings for their position groups. But, um, you know, as a team, I think we're, we're just trying to get, you know, be perfect, be as perfect as we can, uh, and then be the change. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, 
you know, social issues and, and just different things, you know, we're, we're just have been bombarded with so many different things. And, and I think, um, you know, that saying be the change, you know, is kind of caught on, you know, in, in the nation at least. And so, um, you know, we have a platform and we have a voice and, and uh, we have the right to be, you know, listened to and we have the right to listen. Um, and so, um, you know, just really proud of our guys and, and you know, the, the diversity on our team is just incredible. And so, um, you know, I wish I wish that the nation was more like a locker room. You know, there's guys from different different areas, different backgrounds. Um, you know, we all grew up different. We have different views, but we come together as a team. We learn how to understand each other, how to listen to each other. And that's really, you know, being the change is, is learning how to listen and, and um, learning how to, you know, how to communicate. So along those same lines with, with being the change, what are you and maybe other members of the leadership council doing to give players in the program a voice and a platform to uh, stand up for societal issues that, that matter to them? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've had uh, a, a team meeting, you know, yesterday and it was a players only meeting. We just kind of had an open floor. Guys could talk about whatever they wanted, um, you know, and, and no judgments, at, you know, whatsoever. And so uh, I, I think, I think the team and, and, you know, this goes back, um, you know, as far as I've been here is we we've had, we've always had player meetings and we've always had, we have a culture of love um, and a culture of learning, you know, we're willing to love each other. We're, we're willing to, to learn about each other and, and kind of what their needs are, what people, uh, how people think. And so um, I, I think that's just been the biggest thing is we've just had team meetings, guys feel comfortable um, about being open. You know, Isaiah Heron was going to transfer to um, an HBCU and, and guys were very supportive of that, you know, and he decided to come back because he felt like he could, you know, create some change here and, and really be a voice here um, on our team. And so, um, that's just been it's been really exciting to you know to really get together as, as guys a group of guys to humble ourselves to just be able to listen to each other thanks isaiah hey, go ahead isaiah, dana and then jake after dana isaiah i guess <clears throat> excuse me there's been some time since you've uh, realized that if there is a season it's probably going to be without fans or very limited fans i'm curious how strange do you think that's going to be um, not being able to, to feed off the energy, whether it's the opposing crowd or your home crowd. Yeah, that definitely is uh, going to be different. You know, if teams decide to, to limit fans or, you know, have no fans. Um, but th th I mean, we've, we've already been through very, very different things. I think by now we've, we're able to adapt, you know, um, we didn't got our spring ball cut short. We were able to adapt to that. We found ways to get better. Um, we have to wear masks, you know, during practices and, and we've just found a way to adapt and get better. And so, um, you know, playing without fans, I'm sure it's going to be really weird. And, and I love, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about being a college football player is, you know, being able, being able to control the crowd, you know, pump the crowd up, get the crowd going. Um, going to miss that if, if they decide to have no fans or limit the fans. But, um, you know, we just adapt and we we come back. Okay, go ahead, Jake. And then Jared after that. Isaiah, I wanted to ask you, you've played in a multiple different defenses here at BYU, different iterations of it. Is this year's defense in terms of form or how you guys are going about things any different than last year or previous seasons? Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, I'm sure Kalani alluded to our depth. I mean, at every position on the field, we have um, guys who could start, 
And so um, it's, you know, and, and we have two or three guys actually who could start at, at those positions. And so um, we're just trying to get the best 11 on the field and trying to just find a defense that is, is unique to us and, and kind of a niche for us and, and get guys who are playmakers onto the field. And so, um, you know, doing, doing different things, we're, we're continuing, um, you know, our, just looking at our four, two, um, we, we have our, our three, four and, and just kind of different things, you know, that we've been, been kind of working with and Kalani's kind of got a vision and, and he knows really, um, you know, the strengths of his players. And so he's just, you know, putting guys at different positions, getting guys on the field. And, uh, and so we're just trying different things and, and, uh, really just trying to get really good at those, at those different, um, schemes. You're, of course, a senior on this year's team. For you, how different has this offseason been to all the years you've played football to this point? Yeah, it's been it's been very unique, um, very new, unique in the sense that um, a lot of a lot of um, improvement has had to come from yourself. You know, like you can't just show up and, and say, OK, I've got a coach who's ready to help me out in the weight room. You know, I've got a coach who's ready to, you know, watch some film with me and, and help me get better. So a lot of it was was kind of self-drive. Um, you know, the off season was very unique and Kalani did a, a phenomenal job at, at maximizing, I think our time together, we, you know, he, he gave us a list of things that, you know, he thought we could improve on kind of let us just do our thing. Um, it really, really was impressed with how our guys responded to the, the trials and kind of the hurdles that we faced. Um, guys got better and we've seen that today. Um, you know, the off season, I think was unique and it was probably difficult, but, it wasn't wasn't much of a hurdle for our guys. Go ahead, Jared, and then Matt. Hey, Isaiah, good to see you. Just good to see you, Jared. This is such a unique time in so many ways, and you guys have dealt with things on a variety of levels, from school getting shut down and you know camp getting shut down and all of those things. Coach mentioned today that there were some of those first-day scuffles and maybe guys are getting – you know, after all of this stuff, it was great to get out and actually be able to, you know, do a little hitting and pushing and shoving and let it, let go of some of that frustration. My question is, is how do you assess the psychological, where the team is at psychologically? Because there's a lot of psychological pressures from a variety of areas going on right now. So where is the team at in that regard? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, let me think about that for a second. I'll get back to you. Um, You know, we, it, that is really, you know, it's, it's a tough psychologically, right? Cause I mean, we're showing up right now. We have to wear these masks and we have to kind of do things, you know, people, there are these certain protocols and procedures and, and then we have to go out and practice and run around and we're breathing in these masks and um, it, it can be tough. And we, we have, I think our staff has done a really good job um, at really providing us with the resources that we need to, you know, we can talk about our mental health. We can talk to people. There are people, you know, who are, who are there for us to communicate. Like, you know, we, we just have learned how to communicate. We got people to listen to us. And so um, just kind of, you know, gauging the, the psychological aspects, you know, of our team, I think guys, you know, I mean, we're, we're division one athletes. We, you know, we know how to carry ourselves. We know that there are, you know, we've been through harder things, I'm sure. And, and so we're, we're you know, we're kind of made for this, but there are also, I think our staff um, and our coaches have done a good job at just providing us with resources to help us. 
um, whether that's mentally, physically, psychologically. Like, I mean, there's just so many different, you know, outlets and avenues and, and resources for us. The other thing I asked Matt this, and I want to get your thought as well um, with the virus with, like you mentioned earlier, the social um, issues that are being addressed in a different way. And, you know, all of these other elements going on with the season being in the air, has your perspective about football changed? Do you view it differently this year than maybe you have in the past? Uh, that's a great question. And, and me personally, I've always been realistic. Um, I, I grew up in a, you know, a family who football is, is everything. It's a way to pay for school. It's a way to provide for your family. And so, um, but it, but it comes to an end, you know? And so for me, I think football, I've always had the perspective that football is an avenue, um, to get school paid for, to maybe provide, you know, for my family and help set me up. But I, I know that football will end one day and, and that I will continue to be a husband and a father and a son and a brother. And so, um, I've, I've always just appreciated that fact about football and, and yeah, it's a little different, you know, football could get cut short uh, this year or we, you know, just so many limitations and different things, you know, moving parts. But um, I, I think that, you know, this is, I've showed up to camp today, just ready to play football. And so that's kind of been my mentality. Thanks Isaiah. Let's go Matt, then Andrea. In the spring, there was uh, some linebackers from last year, Isaiah, who were, were experimenting in different positions, a few at running back. Who's who's in the linebacker room in the first day of uh, fall camp? Yeah, so we uh, we had uh, myself and Peyton um, and Keenan. You know, we were all there and, and Pepe, kind of the linebackers that were there in the spring. Uh, Max Tooley has now um, come back uh, to linebacker. He's playing more of an interior and, and they uh, moved my brother back um, from running back to linebacker. And so um, – you know, and I, I think that's just, you know, we're just trying to find the best 11 on offense and defense. And so just moving guys around and um, I'm sure it'll change. That's how football, you know, football has been for the last four years for me. It's guys move around, guys move positions. Um, you know, two years ago, we had Matt Hadley playing running back, came back to linebacker a few games and then went back to running back and, and helped the team out there. And so now I think, the, you know, the coaches do a good job at really knowing, you know, where guys really fit in kind of the best spots. And so I'm sure, you know, depth charts will change and, and positions will change, but um, it, it's really just to get the best 11 on the field. Thank you. Hey, Isaiah. How's it going? Hi, Andrea. Um, so all this uncertainty, all, I mean, and even Kalani talked about the team's efforts and you've even touched upon the fact that, you know, everybody put in the time when, you know, you weren't together as a team, but, if there's something that you could pinpoint through all of this, is there something that you can say I'm most confident in this about my team as a player? Yeah, I think it's, it's um, our, our unity, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. And it's, it's um, cause we weren't really together at all. And when we were, it was in groups of 10 and then 20 and then 30. But I think through that, you know, throughout the, the quarantine phase, um, and then throughout the summer phase where, you know, I didn't really see any of the offensive guys because we were lifting at different times. Um, but I think that the leadership, um, which has started with our head coach and then kind of trickled down to some of the older guys and the seniors and the, the veteran guys, I think we've created, I mean, our culture has just thrived. Um, and so I think that that's going to be the, the biggest um, maybe 
asset or factor in, in us, you know, really being gr- a great football team is because we're, we're just united. And, and so really excited about our leadership, really excited about just, you know, our, our whole team and the unity that we have. There's Isaiah Kafusi with the media. That's the player perspective. BYU head coach Kalani Sataki next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've not heard from Kalani Sataki in a long time, but he met with the media in a Zoom press conference, filled questions on a wide range of issues, everything from uh, the quarterback battle to uh, Devontae Henry Cole transferring in and out very quickly. Um, <laughs> he knew how good the Cougars were at running back. That was what Kalani slid into the conversation. Uh, also about, you know, masking up, trying to keep the team healthy, and also, you know, some stuff on the schedule, which obviously he doesn't control, and he'll make that clear. Here's Kalani Sataki with the media. I guess we got to start with the obvious one. Talk about uh, getting started fall camp with such a, a year of uncertainty right now and what that's like. Yeah, I, I was really pleased with the practice today. You know, um, had the guys go and did some crossover stuff, and uh, I really feel good about our, our, our group and um, with all the uncertainties and things that are happening. I mean, I think our, our only goal is to try to be ready uh, for whatever happens, and, and uh, hopefully we get those opportunities to play this fall, and if we do, and we'll be ready by then. So that's been our focus. I've been really pleased with our leadership on this team and from our coaches, our assistants, the administration. Everyone's done an amazing job allowing us to be in this position right now. So uh, just thankful and, and uh, happy that I get to see you guys, even though it's on Zoom, you know. But good to see you guys. It looked really comfortable, Jared. You're hanging out in the big old Lazy Boy recliner. That's nice. <laughs> well, I got to be in the basement, Kalani, because my wife's got the office upstairs. So, you know, we got to keep things organized. The, you know, this sounds about right. <laughs> for right now. But how much how much have you had, um, Kalani, just the last thing for me, just how much have you had input and discussions with Tom as you guys have tried to figure out what the season might look like? Yeah, I mean, Tom Tom talks to me about a lot of different – there's so many different variables, and a lot of it is not what we control. It's not we, – we make the – the, the demands and everything. I just, I've been really pleased with the way Tom's doing it. He's got a really tough job and, and uh, I'm just saying, let's just get ready to go. You know, I, I, my job is to get the team ready, not to do the schedules and things like that. That's, that's Tom and I trust him in it. So uh, we'll just be ready whenever they're asking us to play. Okay. Caleb Turner, go for it. All right. Uh, well, Coach, uh, as I'm sure you heard over the weekend, um, a bunch of players from the Pac-12 got together and um, kind of made some demands, expressed some concerns um, about returning to play this fall and some other issues as well. And I was just curious if you have had any athletes on your team come to you or express any concerns about about returning to play this fall. Well, um, if it's about the the, the... – COVID-19, yeah, we've had a lot of discussions about that. And, and there's a lot of players that have reasons in, in the NFL and a lot of different levels of, of opting out not playing. And, and I understand those. And I'm very sensitive to that. Um, if it's about 
some of the demands of stuff that happened over the weekend, then I think it's important that we talk to our players and educate them as much as we can. It's, it's a good exchange. I've, I've always had an open door policy with our players. I've always felt that it was important for them to voice their opinions and to express themselves uh, to each other and to talk amongst each other, but also to con converse with the coaches, mentors that they have on, on campus and our administration. So we've had a great dialogue and open conversation here about everything and cover a lot of different categories, but I think it's important for them to feel that their voices are heard and, and that, you know, when, when they're asking about something that we give them the opportunity to understand something thoroughly and uh, so they can understand what, what's being said and what, what, you know, whether, whether it's money or things like that, that, they understand the situation that they're in and the situation that the, the administration in and I'm in as head coach. I, I think that there's nothing wrong with just being able to talk things through and, and be able to communicate. And then uh, I just know that I, I've said this before, but if you, if you don't have that uh, communication, then it's usually filled with negativity, right? So uh, I think it's important that we stay uh, um, updated on a lot of different topics, not just, um, you know, the situation with COVID or the situation with um, revenue and things like that, but also just everything in general. I think it's a, we're in a unique um, university where we can talk a lot about different things and have different opinions. I think it's important that we respect each other and, and grow from, from sh sharing and learning from each other. Mitch, go ahead. He's muted, I bet. Are you still muted? You got me now? There you go. Go for okay. it. Um, Kalani, uh, good to talk with you finally. Uh, it's uh, good to start the season here. I'm curious, since June 1st, since the voluntary workouts began, how many tests have, have been administered to the players and how many positive cases have you guys seen since voluntary workouts entering camp? Uh, I think that's a question that I'm not uh, freedom to answer. You know, we have, uh, I think, keeping the, the, the players and the student athletes, their privacy is important, right? But I, I can say that we've had, uh, we've ran tests and we've done a lot of great, uh, we've done a great job here as administration has done a great job organizing the screening process and our sports medicine department, our doctors done a great job at educating our players and understanding the, the importance of social distancing and understanding the importance of, of wearing a mask and things like that. So, Oh, it's important that we do our part so that we can keep this a low risk environment uh, in order for us to play football. Right. So, uh, but when it comes down to the details and the numbers and that stuff, I, I don't have, a, I don't have the answers to that. So nothing against you, Mitch. I, that's a good question though. I can't answer it. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, have any players expressed, you know, kind of touching on a little bit of the uh, COVID-19 and stuff, have players expressed to you that they're a little bit concerned about or potentially withdrawing, from the season, is that something that could be a possibility with your team? Um, I think there's been some, uh, I mean, I think if you look at it, we have 123 guys on the team, so it, they're not all going to agree with the same thing. They're, they're, there's, they all have different backgrounds and they all have different um, situations where maybe someone at home is, is, uh, is, could be a high risk person. Right. So I think for them uh, it's, it's, it's going to be different. And I, I, so I've heard it all. I've heard a lot of different um, concerns. I've heard some people that, that, that just don't, I'm not really worried about it. Right. My, my job is to say whether you're, concerned or not concerned about it um we there's things there's a protocol that we have to follow and in order to follow that is to protect not just our um 
not just ourselves, but everyone else is being mindful of everybody. Right. And, and, and seeing that, that what the virus has done. I mean, there's, if you, you can imagine um, some people and their thoughts, it's, it's all over the spectrum. Right. But uh, regardless of how you feel, this is what we need to get done. This is the protocol. This is the process that we need to do. And in order for us to play football, but also it, it doesn't hurt to show kindness and to care about others and be mindful of them and, and, and others that may be struggling and that it could be at high risk. That's an important thing for us to think of others first. Thanks. Norma, go right ahead. Hi, Coach. How are you doing? What's up, Norma? Um, so I just wanted to sort of get the feel for what the, what's the morale like right now in the locker rooms out in the, the field? Well, we just had practice, had some a few skirmishes, right, a few fights. So I think a lot of guys are frustrated being all bottled up, and now they get to get out there and play football. Great competition. Um, it's been it's been an awesome thing for me to see and great leadership. I mean, as I say, we have a little bit pushing and shoving and things like that, but it's nothing too crazy. It's just what you expect from most of the time playing football. And, but the guys are anxious. They want to get out on the field. They want to play. And and uh, I think they've been looking for a way to kind of let off some steam, compete against each other. We've been working on this walkthrough pace and doing this install and doing a lot of Zoom meetings. And it just feels good to get out and, and be out in the sun and play some football, you know. So uh, I'm looking forward to that when I get to see you guys. It's going to be nice when you guys get to crowd me and ask me questions you know i can see your reflection on on uh, my reflection on your sunglasses and the same for you so i think that's just the case i think everybody just wants to get things quickly back to normal as possible but um understanding the situation there's a little bit of frustration but more than anything i i would have to say overall it's just excitement to play the game and uh, it gives them a way to just kind of disconnect for a you know for a couple hours and over the past couple of weeks, we've seen the Power Five program sort of lay out their plans for the fall semester mm-hmm. season. I guess what was what were your thoughts as all those plans came out and all the decisions were made? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't control um, what what happens. I know we had a schedule and it changed. It's okay. We'll we'll figure it out and find a. My job is to get these guys ready to play twelve games, right? And and um, regardless of who the opponent was going to be, I mean, we we've had plans to play, obviously Utah and all, and all the schools that were lined up after that. And, and if anything, the, the GAs are the ones that are going to have the have to. They're sitting there going, "Oh, great! We have to break down film again in a shorter amount of time." They spent all summer breaking down all our opponents and and it's like okay once you, you wash your hands you're good with it here's the end here's a, the breakdown of all 12 teams and then all of a sudden it changes <laughs> so they're the only ones that really can complain you know but other than that we're just gonna just uh, adjust and um and uh you know i, I know other people have uh, other conferences they have their their jobs to do and we have ours my job as a head coach is to get these guys to play at their best 12 times that's what that's what we're trying to get done you know so uh regardless of the opponent so I, I our higher level of play has got to meet a certain standard that we have and expectations we have for each other and what I have for them as a team and I think if we're in that position we're, we're going to be really good regardless of who shows up let's go Greg hey coach um has BYU um had modified helmets for face shields or face masks and how have you and the players found the whole wearing of masks to this point in the process and how do you see that going forward either practices or games is that going to be a part of of the equation equipment wise yeah you know we looked at all the all the different um 
options that are out there. So you got the the the, the shield mask in the front, whether it's a a, a see through one or the plastic one, or it's a it's a uh, it's like the visor for, for the bottom. And then there's a cloth one that some teams are using. We also have the the gator thing you can pull over your mouth and your nose while having the helmet on. So we're looking at all those different options today. We just um, now that we have all the options in place today, we kind of were looking at them at what they would feel comfortable with. But I think if we give them those those options, um, I mean, then it'll be a, we'll be able to be in a position to keep it low risk. I, I don't know how that's going to work in games and what the requirement will be in games, but if they're used to practicing with it, they'll be fine. You know, so I, I think that uh, uh, for the most part, our guys, are, I think there's a plan in place by with our equipment, sports medicine room, getting these guys the different options because I know some guys prefer one thing or the other, and I don't think making it all one way is going to work. I, I, there's some guys that would want to wear the gator thing over their mouth and nose and the, the face shield so uh, I'm good with it as long as they catch the ball when they're, they're supposed to and block when they're supposed to make tackles I'm okay with it good to have, see you Greg the guys adjusted pretty well just in the voluntaries and the mandatories to just having something on their face when they're in the heat and uh, expending energy things like that yeah, I mean, nobody likes it, right? I mean, it's, it's not comfortable, and but uh, um, but I think they're getting kind of used to it. They're understanding it, and, and uh, they, they just know that it's a necessity. So, um, you know, it's getting hot out there, and the guys have to have these masks on, And but it's okay. It, it's it's the uh, the price that you pay to, to keep it a low-risk environment so that we can keep practicing. And uh, these guys are willing to do that in meetings, and they're willing to do that in, um, in, in our practices and things. So I think, I think uh, for the most part, it has you know they would rather not do it i think we would all rather be doing things back to normal right but uh we'll just adjust and make it work as much as we can thanks all right let's go jay and then dana hi yeah uh, coach uh i was just wondering oh jay you went no camera i'm still in my pajamas <laughs> okay you wouldn't want to see that good excuse you have the ps4's controller on your knee i get it go ahead <laughs> i was just wondering if any players have opted out as uh, we're seeing that some players are choosing to do around the country as far as the season goes and if uh, if there were any maybe no shows today that guys that have decided just you know there's always some guys yes. that don't don't show up as far as opting out, uh, no one has opted out yet, right? So uh, I think that as, as we keep educating everyone and, and, and uh, understanding what their, uh, you know, their concerns and things like that, I think for the most part right now, um, we're just dealing with guys that, that have had off-season surgeries, kind of trying to get back in time and, and then just the, 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 the normal what happens in day one. I don't think anybody got hurt today. I think it was maybe – one hamstring tightness right and other than that i think everybody was pretty good so yeah I, I, no one has opted out yet when it comes down to that then my second question would be just with without knowing your first opponent with so much uncertainty kind of what was your message to keep the guys motivated and focused with uh, with so much uncertainty in the air well, I think you know it's it's been different with this group. They're a little bit more veteran than what we've had in years past, and I think these guys are 
going through the circumstance that we've had, the quarantine, the pandemic, everything that we've had to deal with, adjusting, I think these guys understand it, right? And, and I think they'll just be thankful. That what I've seen from our players is just gratitude and appreciation for um, the people that are working hard to, to get us a, a schedule in place. And so I think these guys just going with it, getting everything ready and doing their best. I see a very focused group in, in this team. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be a lot easier to get more focused when you know your first opponent. But uh, I, I think we're just telling them to just be ready for any, anything that, that, that is a possibility out there. But more than anything, we just have to be at our best, right? Right at the get go when we are able to play that first game. And then that's going to be, that's been the focus. But as far as uh, the guys are upbeat, they're excited, you know, on this day one, and it's easy to do that. But we've been here doing walkthroughs and all that stuff for, uh, six sessions that now and that, that they were upbeat during that during the uh, voluntary workouts they were all here and, and upbeat doing the whole thing running their own PRPs during the summer they've been upbeat the whole entire time these guys are, are, are excited to get to, to the season and this is what they've been waiting for a lot of guys have, have made a lot of sacrifices to be here you know and, and, and I think they understand it's a game of football but I think that that's something that they want that they plan on doing and, and I, I see a group that's really focused Dana, you're up, then Jake after that. Hey, Coach. Um, after one practice, can you tell us uh, who the starting quarterback's going to be? <laughs> uh, I can tell you, like, there's some good front runners, right? So I uh, saw a lot of good things from all the quarterbacks. They're, they're all healthy and looking really good. Uh, Zach, Jaron, Baylor, those guys did a great job. And then uh, Soljay did some really good things, too, as, as a true freshman showing up. Just surprised us a little bit, you know, and, and when we went to some cross, crossover stuff. But uh, I feel really comfortable with that group. And A-Rod's done a good job getting them all ready. And, and I mean, we there's a, a few others that are they're getting some reps there, too. You know, Rhett Riley, Mason Falkahua, and others. So I uh, really, really feel good about that group. It's just like I do a, a lot of our other positions. And then the loss of uh, uh, Devontae Henry Cole, how does that affect the running back group? Yeah, we're going to be fine. Yeah, I, I mean, we're going to play with the guys that are here. He was here doing our PRPs. He was here doing our workouts and stuff. He knows how good we are at our running back core. So I think we're going to be fine. Uh, love the group. I, I think Lopini is, is – this has been a really good offseason for him. Tyler Algier, Jackson McChesney's now, you know, he's – He's got the rust off of those mission legs now, and he's he's flying around like he did when he was at Lone Peak. So, um, you know, it's a good group. Siona Finau is getting healthy and getting ready to go. And we have Bruce Garrett as a freshman that's doing some good things too. I mean, there's guys that are running well. Javel Brown we put there, and and uh, he's looking good. And Luke Andrada got some reps at running back today. He looks really fast. So it's a deep group, a lot of talent, and uh, a lot of experience. So we're really, really excited about that group. Go ahead, Jake, and then John, you're up after that. Coach, I wanted to ask you, you guys opened up the training room on June 1st when you guys were first allowed to. Do you feel like that will give you guys any type of advantage as you guys get ready for the upcoming season? We opened up the what? The, uh, the training room. Like you allowed athletes to come in and do their individual workouts the first day you uh -huh. guys were allowed to by the NCAA. Do you feel like that extra time those guys got could give oh, yeah. you a type of help? Yeah, I mean, we got a couple of weeks uh, up on a lot of programs, being able to come in in June 1st when our administration allowed us to do that as well, you know, and um, I mean, obviously it was different because we had to do we had to do a different shifts in different groups, couldn't exceed a certain number. We had to um, 
run with social distancing. We have to, we have to keep separate apart from there and even our lifts. But um, the guys are so excited to get back into it and, and, and uh, you know, get back and do some football training, even though the PRPs were mostly run by the players. Or we can't be there as, as uh, coaches. But uh, I, I would say, that, like I said, this is a group that's a veteran group. We got guys that are uh, in a situation now where they're, they didn't, they're not coming off of off-season surgeries. Um, guys that are actually healthy and running PRPs and instead of trying to work on their health, they're working on the intricacies of their their assignments and their technique. And uh, it's showing a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I just I think I think we have a good chance. That's probably the best thing for me to say. But I'm really excited about what I saw from today and what I've seen from these guys from the transition, their bodies. I mean, they, they, they look really good. So I'm really excited about the depth that we have and excited about the talent that we have on this team. And more than anything, the leadership and the veteran group that we have that have played a lot of football, they're taking the lead and it makes my job a lot easier as a head coach. We talked to you a couple of times throughout this offseason just about the uniqueness of it. How is it n- different now as you get ready for a season with so many unknowns as compared to what you told us previously, if anything? Yeah, I think the unknowns will be known soon. I mean, I'm hoping, right? And and, and I think we have uh, – I think you guys know me. I, I'm an optimistic person, so – stay positive about it and, 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 and trust that things will work out and uh, just put a lot of faith in our players and leadership on this team to keep keep it rolling. I trust leadership in our administration and I, uh, I, I just I'm really anxious, excited to get these guys you know to perform for our fans. That's, that's the goal. you know we want to get out there and get back to normal. I think I said it months ago that I'd get things back to normal and it seems like if you get back, things back to normal, the, the trend would be that you're gonna do normal things like you know, watch sports and, and like to see my jazz shoot better from three point line, you know, stuff like that. Right. But you get, you get to that point And then next thing you know, um, football has arrived. And then, although there may be some adjustments that you do uh, along the way, you know, we're going to, we're going to be fine. I feel like it's kind of trending towards that and maybe keeping, keeping the, the faith a little bit about the optimism. So that's, that's the key. I know there's other people that want to, um, you know, are, are the worst case scenario type people. I'm probably the opposite. Thank you. John, then Sean, then Andrea. Kalani, looking, looking at the fact that you guys didn't have spring ball uh, because of all the circumstances that happened, how has that impacted um, how you've been evaluating players as you start up fall camp? and kind of looking at where you need to go from point A to point B. Well, I think we were really um, excited about the possibilities of spring ball. We had six practices and a couple live moments, right? So we were able to see some guys. And, and there are even some guys that um, were home from their missions but had to had – to, get through a little bit of transitioning right and then they've done that they uh, these guys have worked extremely hard during the during the quarantine and during the time apart um it's just, i think it's it's given them some new life you know what i mean and maybe um I, I don't know. I think maybe uh, players, if you're thinking about it, maybe a little bit overtrained, if I could look back, because we were forced to kind of separate. And 
guys are able to kind of go on their own and find their own specialized training, you know, whether it's they feel like, okay. And then, and it creates this intrinsic motivation where it's like, if, if I'm deciding that I'm going to go and do this, I'm probably more bought into it. You know, we've had um, our players uh, communicate with our strength coaches throughout that whole time in the off season. And um, we had no choice, but to just give them like a little bit more specific to their needs. And that's, what's been the beauty part of this whole thing is that, um, you know, when you're running a, a, a conditioning program, strength program, it pretty much covers all. But during this time of being away, the guys were left on their own and like, okay, this is what I need to improve on. And then they're asking questions. It kind of gives you some thought on how you should do it from now on. And I think maybe keeping it a little bit more personalized might be the, the new way of doing things for us. Or for, from my point of view, probably the best way, the most effective way, right? So uh, I have guys on the team that are a little different than other places where a little bit more mature and grown. And I, I wasn't worried about some of the things that they were doing during the uh, quarantine. These guys were working hard and I could see their bodies changing. Uh, when other other coaches that I know of were struggling, they're just like, well, don't know if our guys are doing, you know, doing their workouts and things like that. I saw my guys going out there and become more special, specialized in their, in their technique and things that they want to improve on. So I saw it as a positive it, it, considering the, the issues and the pandemic and the quarantine and all that stuff, man, I, I think there's a, a lot of things that we could take from this this um, experience and probably uh, see if it, we can um, maybe modify our offseason a little bit more. And and um, I'm looking into that, doing the research and trying to find ways. But the, the truth is the proof is in what I see. I, I see a lot of guys that have uh, made a lot, of a lot of change, whether it's their body type or their body fat or their strength they they've all improved a lot more in their own specialized training and seeking that out individually than they did when we did the whole coverall program go ahead sean yeah coach you mentioned um the that you guys are, are just trying to get ready for whatever season that that you'll have and that's obviously something that, that tom and others will be discussing but is there have you heard anything from the guys just about playing potentially playing in front of an empty or mostly empty stadium because obviously 60,000 fans of Lavelle Edwards Stadium it's kind of a selling point for the program but on the other hand you've had guys who have you know they've got friends who had baseball or softball or whatever seasons canceled and that kind of thing so does that kind of help them adjust to I guess what will probably be a pretty new normal for the season? Yeah, and what you know, you're, they're they're watching the um, they're watching how sports is being run right now. You have PGA with no hardly any fans out there. You know, you, you no one's going to be walking on the 18 fairway with Tiger this week or anything like that. You know what I mean? And so they see that there's a virtual fans in the NBA games and stuff like that. I'd love to have court seats, courtside seats for that one. That'd be cool. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, and and all joking aside, our guys are just really. Um, uh, they just they just had this sense of gratitude. I, I've I've felt it from them, just appreciate whatever they can get, right? And 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 uh, these guys aren't picky. They they're just uh, they have a, a huge sense of appreciation for everyone that's helping them get to this and this mean this situation. So uh, I'm just lucky to have to be able to coach such good young men. Okay, we, we've got this student athletes are about ready. So Andrea, you'll, you'll get your question in, and then we're going to move on to the student athletes. Sorry, we weren't able to get to everybody but we did give every outlet a chance that wanted to ask a question. So go ahead, Andrea, and then we'll move on. Okay. Thanks, Kyle. Hi, Kalani. What's up, Andrea? 
uh, nothing much, just in my house forever and <laughs> ever. Um, so, you know, we talk about all these uncertainties and all these unknowns and these words are just like, we, everything's a question mark right now, but if you could pinpoint something, is there one thing that you are most confident in? Yeah. This team is a, is a, I mean, they're a close group. I've seen it. Right. And, and, and when there's a, uh, the way they communicate with each other, the way they work, the leadership. I'm confident that that, that uh, the leadership on this team has, has shaped these guys. And the culture that we have, I, they, they, the same has been said that you can see how good the family works when you take the, the spokespeople away. You can see how good the company works when you take the boss away. And um, probably should take the head coach away a little bit more just to let these guys give them opportunities to lead. And I've been really impressed with the way they run their meetings, the way they, they interact with each other. It's what I've been hoping for a long time to have. We've talked about our, our program being run by the players and, and for me to be the guide on the side, you know, our coaches to help them. I've seen these guys make decisions on what they want to get done in, in walkthroughs, what they want to get done in scheme and how they want to look at some certain things and uh, give their, their feedback to me. It's been, it's been a blessing, right? So uh, I think uh, them feeling comfortable that, that way. And we have a veteran group now. Where a lot of guys that are leading the way are actually guys that played a lot of games and, and gone to a lot of different experiences on the field right and off the field i've been really impressed with them just i keep telling them over and over again and uh, i think uh you know I, I, more than anything i just like watching them go to work and then be around each other and uh, this is a good a good group I, i'm really excited about them and just i know what i've seen off the field how they've been around each other and can't wait to see what they do on the field it's gonna be exciting there's byu football coach kalani sataki when we come back what is trending all the headlines stay with us